0: what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of 30 for 30 presented by all things football uh that title's a little little longer than it probably needs to be but we're gonna go with it anyway um i'm here with maher again it's just Hi. the two of us just the two of us
1: you and i
0: i've got another story for him um if the last one, I don't know if a lot of people knew that, but it wasn't very. Um, I mean, it was a well-known thing. This is we're going a little more obscure. We're digging a little bit deeper tonight, Ooh. so um, I hope you enjoy it. Ma, are you ready to kick it off?
1: I'm ready as a clown with a frown in Chinatown and a nightgown.
0: That is one messed up clown.
1: Yeah, clowns are creepy, man.
0: So I want to start off with a question. What was when was the first time you ever played fantasy football? Do you remember like around when you started playing?
1: I'm gonna be honest. I honestly didn't start playing fantasy football until probably college. And we had a a, or I don't know if it was with you guys first. It was either that league or a work league I did uh, when I was in college. So I was honestly probably 18.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, I just you're a late bloomer.
1: Well, I mean, I just didn't do it. Uh, well, I didn't really have friends, so.
0: <laughs> so, I was, when I was getting this ready, I thought about that question, and um, I actually remember the first year I started was probably the year after the Rams won the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. I mean, that's, it's like their only Super Bowl. Was that but the year
1: that the Titans lost the Super Bowl?
0: Correct. And um, but my favorite memory about fantasy football, I don't know why. I hadn't thought about this in years, but I thought about it while I was writing this. There was one year where I didn't have anybody to play fantasy football with because it wasn't super popular yet. It hadn't hit there. My cousin played, but he was he was an adult and he was in like uh, a league that drafted in person and put up a hundred dollars a person. And I didn't have a hundred dollars because I was like in middle school. So. I, uh, I found <laughs> you gotta this,
1: get while you're young.
0: <laughs> I found this uh, website that was like a kid's fantasy football website. Oh, this it sounds was, creepy. And it was this, <laughs> right. This that's where I'm going with this. It was. I mean, it was the same as any other fantasy football website, but it was like kids fantasy football. And I remember joining it and playing in that league that year. I drafted Michael Vick, first pick overall. He broke his leg in the preseason. That was like, this was 2003. He broke his leg in the preseason, was done for the season, and I lost every game. But as I was thinking about this, and I was like... Wait,
1: you lost every game against, like, made-up kids on the computer? No,
0: I mean, I didn't lose every game, but I lost a fair share because I drafted Michael Vick, and I hadn't quite figured out how to do free agency yet. I kind of i kind of was in this mode of where i figured you're stuck with the team you drafted i hadn't really gotten good at playing the waiver wire um but yeah i was just i just remembered that and i was like huh you know what there were probably a lot of perverts in my fantasy football league back in 2003
1: shoot i don't even think i could have played fantasy football um at that point because i'm pretty sure we still had aol or something stupid at that time
0: Oh yeah, the website was dingy, man. It was like it was just like text. It didn't have the stats or anything. It was just like pick a name.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, there's this one guy. His name is a little kid lover, sixty nine. That seems, you know, like someone my age. <laughs>
0: Oh man, I just, luckily I didn't like get on the message boards on that site very much because that was probably a real creepy place.
1: Well, who was your, uh, the worst, the, you know, the best person uh, in the
0: league? Was it not Father Johnson? <laughs> I think his name was not Pasture Bill 11. <laughs> All right. So if you haven't guessed, we're going to talk a little bit about fantasy football today.
1: Oh, well, this out of left field
0: so when it comes to fantasy sports a lot of people would say that there were a few baseball a uh, few baseball writers uh, that started it all they the the first draft they ever did they met at la rotisserie francis in manhattan
1: uh you probably butchered that name oh
0: i hope i did <laughs> um, like i said they were a group of sports writers and hardball nerds and the guy that led the, led the group was named Dan Okren. Dan Okren? And he likes to take credit for the invention of the game everyone, uh, all of us are playing now. Okrant has even compared himself to the director of the Manhattan Project.
1: I don't know if I would compare myself to anybody involved with that project. I mean, mostly because a lot of them are pretty smart, but also because they were responsible for the death of millions of people.
0: So I, when I when I found that, and I was like, no, he didn't. And I went and tried to find the quote, and he was like, yeah, we were you know, a tight-knit group that wanted to change the world. It was like the Manhattan Project. I was like, oh my god, he did. I'm pretty sure
1: even the people involved with the actual man pro- Manhattan Project were like, actually hoping that they would not change the world they're like hey we developed this please don't ever use
0: it yeah no (laughs) it's like no it's not something to be proud of um bill simmons called the the group a revolutionary on his show and the name of their league is still present in fantasy sports sites like rotowire so if you ever see that site rotowire with fantasy stats the roto part comes from the term rotisserie because of this baseball league that was invented in the 80s
1: Oh, uh, cool. Well, every time I buy a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store while I'm waiting online, and it just happens to smell really good and then I go home and eat it and realize it's, like, probably overcooked because it's been sitting in the warmer for way too long. and But I still eat the whole chicken anyway and then feel bad about myself. Even though I real- then I realize, oh, it's no carbs because it's a chicken.
0: Well, on the bright side, at least you can think about fantasy baseball.
1: Um, I tried playing fantasy baseball once and I gave up after, like, 2 weeks cuz there's like a 100 games a week. It's,
0: it's too much. I can't get it's so much roster changing. It's hard to keep up you, with.
1: You literally have to do it every day. And I love hockey, but I can't do fantasy hockey either. It's just it's too much.
0: Yeah, the sport and basketball is too. Football's easy cuz you've got that one day that you have to focus on. Well, now it's like 3 days, but I mean, it's essentially Sunday. You just focus on that one day and get ready. To it's
1: go. it's basically look and see if you have players that play on Thursday. And if you don't, then wait till Saturday night or Sunday morning to adjust your lineup. If you do have players on Thursday, you just check to see if you actually want to play them. And then you go on and live your life.
0: Yep, and then you don't check it again till Sunday morning just to make sure that no one died between Friday and Saturday.
1: And then if you're like me, you wake up at like 11.45 on Sunday and check your lineup and then wake up.
0: In college I lost so many games because I would wake up at like eleven fifty five and you know, go to the restroom and like get the get the sleep out of my eyes and then I would forget to check it and then I'd look at my phone at twelve oh one and notice that I had three people on a bye week. I classic classic andrew.
1: I can't tell you how many times the last in the last three years that I just woke up at twelve oh one or something stupid and I my lineup or just enough to where like I had a panic attack I was like oh I still got time and then by the time I grabbed my phone it was uh, I just missed the, the deadline it's actually <laughs> it, it made me lose a couple games but yeah, I don't have that problem anymore
0: the worst is when you uh, like you check your phone at eleven fifty eight and you start trying to change your lineup and as you're changing it you think too long and then it locks as you're trying to change it <laughs> then you're stuck with the lineup you didn't want in the first place
1: I literally got somebody in one time, and then I went to be like, oh, and I was just tweaking with it. And that first pick I went, I did went through, the other one didn't, but it actually turned out that that was okay, because I was just kind of tinkering and overthinking at that point. <laughs>
0: that's the, That's the key to fantasy football, is to definitely overthink everything. So what if I told you that fantasy football began two decades before these guys in New York started a league and named it after a mediocre restaurant in Manhattan?
1: I would believe you. I'm pretty sure I've heard about, even from friends we have. Didn't one of our friends talk about how his dad like had a fantasy league, and they would just check the newspaper and like do stats and like keep it all track on, uh, on paper?
0: Yeah, you're not going to believe this, but the internet made fantasy football a lot easier.
1: Uh, I wouldn't believe that. How would the internet make anybody's life easier?
0: So, our story begins in 19... Uh, by, the, by the way, did you see what I did there? I stole 30 th- for 30 shtick by asking you what if I told you. I totally was trying to steal uh, that. What I if I noticed. told
1: you that you're stupid and you smell bad and you pronounce your T's too aggressively?
0: I like to pronounce my P's very aggressively, so PISS OFF.
1: <laughs> well, mm, okay. Mm. Anyway,
0: our story begins in 1962. Stranger on the Shore by Mr. Bi- Mr. Ackerbilk was the top song of the year.
1: What is Mr. Ackerbilt?
0: I have no idea what Mr. Ackerbilk <laughs> is, How, that apparently was the... that was the best song of the year.
1: 1962 I'm pretty sure when there like a lot of really great music around who the hell that must just been like a really weird week or something
0: yeah no I don't know I just I kind of wanted to keep the theme from last week where I look up the top song and the top movie and that's what I discovered and I got very confused and decided to just leave it as is Mr.
1: Ackerbilt
0: <laughs> Mr. Ackerbilk. B-I-L-K what I didn't like
1: uh whatever there was a bunch of other stuff that existed at the same time who the heck is that guy anyway i
0: i don't know we'll we'll worry about that later go we'll google it after the show because i have no idea um the top movies of that year were lawrence of arabia and hatari and i said that because it has an exclamation point at the end but if you don't know that is, what that is that's one of those like non-western john wayne movies that no one cares about what now. was the
1: song or what was the the movie or whatever
0: Lawrence of Arabia and Hatari with John Wayne.
1: I didn't, I never heard of that. I've never seen
0: that movie, but it's because John Wayne isn't wearing a cowboy hat on the posters, so I had no interest in watching it. Literally unwatchable.
1: Also, I look up Acker Bilk, and uh, in the brief little description of him, it says, was an English clarinetist and vocalist known for his breathy, vibrato-rich, lower register clarinet style and distinctive appearance of goatee, bowler hat, and striped
0: waistcoat. So.
1: Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it's basically like Squidward.
0: And that was the top song in 1962, everybody. What was
1: the name of the song? I'm going to look this up later.
0: Uh, the song was called Stranger on the
1: Shore. Oh, boy, that's the first, uh, first one that shows up. Should I click on it?
0: Oh, go ahead. Let's play a little bit of it. Wait, see if I we don't... can get the sound. Let's uh... take a chance. I don't know if it'll actually work. You got to try sometimes. Sorry everybody, we're just looking for Mr. Ackerbilk. Can you hear it? No, I can't hear anything. <laughs> All right, that was uh, terrible. That was a terrible well, radio. All Thank the you. sound
1: was going through my headphones, so I was trying to, like, hold the mic up to the headphone. You know what? We'll circle
0: working. back to this at the end, because I think I can actually play it and pick it up. But we'll move on from now, because that's going to uh, take a while. I, I,
1: yeah, no. Um, It's basically, like, if you're familiar with SpongeBob, I think he's just, like, a talented Squidward. He's got a really round head, too, and eight legs.
0: Okay, so he's just he's just Squidward. All right, so anyway, Bill Winkenbach, known as Wink, owned a minority stake in a new football franchise called the Oakland Raiders. The team was part of the AFL and had finished 1-13 the year before. On a particularly bad road trip in October, in which the Raiders were outscored 71-43, Wink and two of his friends, Raiders PR man Bill Tunnel. In Oakland, sports writer Scotty Sterling. Scott Sterling. Oh, what what's up YouTube with these
1: video. names? They're all either like the what's the what do you call the comic names where they're like um, I don't know, like uh, what am I trying to think of? It's the sixties
0: when people had names like Scotty or Ralphie or Teddy or it's like Bi- the honeymoon. Billy
1: Tunnel. I mean, that's a weird name. And then who who was the other guy? Scotty Lee. Sterling. Yeah, and then yeah, I mean, I'm sure he had a really strong face.
0: Oh man, that's such a great YouTube video Every time I see his name in this story My head just goes to Scott Sterling (laughs) Best soccer player ever Best goalkeeper in the world So they gathered together in a midtown Manhattan hotel room And sketched out the rules for a game that would eventually become fantasy football The next season The Greater Oakland Professional Pigskin Prognosticators League Kicked off what that was the name what of the, the, the pigskin procrastinators pigskin prognosticators oh
1: prognosticators prognosticators
0: so, yeah i said procrastinators on accident but it was prognosticators
1: wow so obviously they found a dictionary when they were naming that or a yeah thesaurus.
0: bill tunnel had his world word of the day calendar and so he was like we got to get prognosticate in there some way it's just look procrastinate
1: and listen we are back with Fantasy Football Paper Edition. I shouldn't rap.
0: But I'm, I'm glad you tried. The league's first draft took place in Wink's Rumpus Room. <laughs> I love the term Rumpus Room. The, yeah,
1: Rumpus Room, like, I wouldn't have probably acknowledged that because I've actually heard that. It seems like a northern thing. But Wink's Rumpus Room sounds oddly, like, <laughs>
0: It sounds like a like an underground gay bar.
1: yeah, like they like that. Tic- Come on down to
0: wink rumpus room. <laughs> just oh. just just make sure you weigh your leather to wink rumpus room.
1: Hey, it's wink rumpus room.
0: Oh. We, we won't mess with your rum too much with your rum too much. <laughs> so, so many of the concepts in modern fantasy football were present in this fair in this first league but in a very simple form uh, they had head-to-head matchups they had snake draft um that was 20 rounds I, by I, the way oh
1: i too like drafting snakes you got cobras uh cottonmouth vipers um garden snakes uh, i ran out of snakes anacondas
0: did you say water moccasins
1: uh, water moccasin is a cotton mouth i'm pretty sure
0: you son of a bitch (laughs) Uh, they also had a substitution system and it was all found in the first go ppl that's what i'm going to call it to shorten it up the go ppl charter i too like to
1: go pp go
0: Uh, Go ppl actually is what i should say go (sighs) ppl Uh, each team chose twenty players, including two quarterbacks, four receivers. Twenty players. Twenty players. Yes. Wow, they got like a whole freaking
1: starting lineup on both sides of the ball.
0: That is correct. They did <laughs> that have a They did have a, a, a basically a starting lineup uh, on both sides, so they had two quarterbacks that started. Uh, four receivers, four running backs, two kickers on each team, and four defensive players.
1: Okay, so when you when you said that, I thought they were going to have more, like it would be more defensive players. I realized it was going to be like, you got two quarterbacks and all these other people, considering, you know, especially back then, most teams only had played one running back, really. I might be making that up. I'm probably making that up.
0: So they had 16, I mean, they had 16 people that started in their lineup and four sub spots. So that kind of gives you a, a breakdown okay. of how their roster was. Uh, the, points, the points awarded reflected the AFL's game. A field goal netted as much as a passing touchdown, and both uh, counted for less than a rushing touchdown. <laughs> uh, What? Yeah, so apparently field goals were very, very important to the go PPPL people.
1: I think it's really funny that they made uh, rushing touchdowns worth so much, considering it was definitely at that point probably 100% a running league and not as much of a passing league. Because wasn't that still in the time frame of um, having the quarterbacks that still punted the ball, or am I... Way no you're, ahead of myself. you're
0: essentially right i mean the running backs were way more important than any other position from what i've found um the point like i said the points awarded like field goals were very important um the, at a season ending dinner the league winner also received a cash prize and the loser received a dunce trophy that wink uh, had made in his garage
1: wait here's the thing though like you said those were like they were executives right
0: yes these were like people that were involved with the raiders organization so
1: they were essentially betting on a team that they had a stake in
0: correct they
1: were pete Pete rosen it up
0: yeah things were different back then they also because the afl was kind of a new league they also had um they were allowed eight of their slots on their team. They were allowed to draft NFL players. So they were also doing like a multi-league thing where they had some from the AFL and some from the NFL.
1: I mean, to be honest, that actually makes sense because uh, wasn't the NFL slightly bigger at the time too?
0: Oh yeah, it was, it was a lot bigger. Uh, Gerald Winkenbach, Wink's son... Uh, said that the league's custom, the league custom dictated that the dunce trophy be displayed in a prominent place in the loser's house, so that was kind of like their um, like from the league. With the SACO. it was basically like the SACO, and you had to have it on your mantle or someplace where people could come over and see it and make sure it was it was there. Wait,
1: so Wink's son was old enough to be involved with this. What was his name? Was he Wink Wink?
0: <laughs> wink Winky Wink. Uh, no, he actually wasn't involved. This was from an article he was talking about. Um, when he was a kid
1: So he was some kid walking around And he's like daddy what is that And he's like it's the uh, losing trophy son Son that's what
0: losers get
1: And then he's like oh no daddy we suck again And then he turned into Rob Schneider
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, fantasy football at the time Was not available to the masses This was a very small group Well
1: you shouldn't, doing, you shouldn't be doing Fantasy football at church anyway
0: true although i'm sure in this day and age everybody is
1: never listen i imagine some guy with the old-timey like radio sitting there pretending like he's reading his his bible or missalette, and he's just like oh yeah for you know non-catholics it's a fake bible that i feel like if church churches really
0: really want to get people in they should have TVs behind the service that show all the football games, and then they should give like a five-minute break in the middle of uh, in the middle of the service to set your fantasy lineup. Well,
1: to be honest, since we don't live in a weird part of the country that's way behind everybody else, we never had to deal with missing a game to go to church. So it's, we'd go even if we went at eleven or something, we'd get back and the game starting, which you know. Where I grew up, the only game you could watch was the cowgirls. It's not like I was missing anything.
0: Yeah, hell, at that point, you'd rather be in church.
1: (laughs) Do I want to watch Drew Drew Bledsoe get beat up?
0: (laughs) Oh, Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe! Oh, no! Fire! (laughs) Fire! So the charter limber lim, uh, limber the charter limited membership to Wait. men with a close connection to the Raiders franchise, <laughs> whether it be in management or the media. Wow! So basically, like we said, all these people were involved in the Raiders organization.
1: I I feel like the if the fact that it's like just the entire Raiders. I wonder who drafted like the Raiders players and just would like casually walk up to one of them and be like, hey, I got you in my fantasy league. I need you to do this. And the guy probably looked down like, what the hell is fantasy?
0: He's like, I need at least two passing touchdowns. And they're like, well, that's not going to happen because nobody passes the ball. What's a forward pass? I do know that George Blanda was the first overall draft pick, but it was before he played for the Raiders. He was still on the Oilers, so they they were just – they were just a little ahead of when he actually joined the Raiders. Uh,
1: what if what if that had the the entire responsibility of if him coming to the Raiders? Like, this guy can do it all. He can throw. He can punt.
0: Mr. Blanda, I you had you on my fantasy off. team. Can you come to the Raiders?
1: <laughs> and they'd be like, sure, okay, what the hell's fantasy? I'm just going to keep saying that for whenever we bring players in because I'm sure they're like, what the hell are you talking about, Willis?
0: So, despite it being a small circle, it's pretty amazing who some of these people ended up being. Uh, Scotty Sterling, the sports writer who helped write the rules, uh, ended up becoming a general manager of the New York Knicks and a vice president in the NBA.
1: Okay, so I guess he's like, yeah, I suck at fantasy football. I'm just going to switch over to the NBA.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how that happened, but hey, good for him. They also had Ron Wolf, who was at the time was just a low-level scout for the Raiders, but he ended up being um in the Packers front office and was part of um, bringing in Brett Favre and leading him to glory during the '90s.
1: Wow, that guy must have been old
0: <laughs>
1: when when he did that. Because I mean, you're saying what were we talking about? What year were we talking? about? We're talking about
0: '63, so that's 30 years. He was probably like 20. Five or thirty, so he's probably oh. fifty or sixty when he was I, working for. the I was pack. imagining
1: some eighty-year-old guy, but like, oh, I like that Brett Favre guy. He reminds me of <laughs> when in I my drafted day, Blando. I drafted
0: him number one.
1: <laughs> Back when I drafted Blando, when we had to write all Blando. of our stuff down on the uh, on on a napkins at the ball we were drinking at, and I got a country exit, even though I worked for the Raiders and probably lived in California my whole life.
0: Of California way, <laughs> uh, the league met most Fridays for a long lunch to trash talk, make side bets, and submit their lineups for the weekend.
1: I'm imagining, can I? I'm imagining these people just being like a group of work people who really just didn't care about their jobs, and were like looking for excuses to just do stupid stuff. And like, we're gonna go like to a two-hour lunch today. Like, oh, like I want to go. Like, nah, we're we're we're. It's a meeting. And then they just talked about their made up fantasy football league for two hours. Right? It sounds and drank, like the league and then went like back it to actually work.
0: sounds like the league, like meeting up at a bar and talking fantasy nonstop and basically ignoring your work.
1: I can't even imagine how probably exciting that would have been to make this thing and and to literally do it just be like, I'm gonna make the rules and then I imagine whoever the commissioner was just losing and then uh, changing the rule the next week.
0: <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you why that's totally wrong, because the commissioner was wink, and as you'll see as this story goes on, he was very strict about everything staying the same.
1: Oh, I mean, that's good, you know, wink, wink. He was very And I'm consistent. not talking about Junior. junior.
0: Um, Winkenbach was the commissioner because he had um, a business that had a mimeograph machine, which allowed him to produce scores and standings that he could deliver to all the team owners uh, every Tuesday. Um, so he basically would make like a little newspaper for the league every is, Tuesday. Is
1: that what a mimeo graph is?
0: Yeah, it's like a printer.
1: Oh. Like,
0: so the man who has a printer has the power.
1: Well, I mean, in the, se- in the 60s, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised they just didn't like teletype everything to each other. <laughs> Look up teletype. It was a thing. It's like a fax machine, but worse.
0: So I don't know if you caught it a second ago, but like I said, they would meet on Fridays to submit their lineups. Everybody had to have their lineups in Friday um, before like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So they had to submit their lineup at lunch basically to make sure they got it in and uh, made it official.
1: I mean, that actually makes sense. I, I mean, I imagine like the only reason you can do things the way we do now is because it's on the Internet and it's instant. When you actually have to have a guy probably handwrite a whole spreadsheet of stuff. It's not like he, you know... You probably... I imagine these people keeping duplicates of their stuff. So, like, someone's like, oh, it's a shame you started this guy. And he's like, no, I started this guy. And then they have to, like... I sent you my
0: lineup by Carrier Pigeon. Why did you not get it? Yeah. I sent you
1: this in Morse code. I know it's (laughs) not... The Morse code wasn't a thing then, but, you know, whatever. I sent you a candigram. I sent
0: you a stripogram.
1: <laughs> well, <Where laughs> didn't you change
0: my lineup? <laughs> Andy Mussolimus was a founding Musalini. member of the Go PPPL, Mussolimus. In the late 60s he bought a now famous Oakland bar called the King's X Sports Bar. It's not around anymore, but it was very famous at the well, time. Well,
1: how famous is it now then if it doesn't exist?
0: <laughs> yeah, I I'm, when I said now famous, I meant like it, it was, it's, now, it's still famous, like people recognize the name, but it doesn't exist anymore.
1: Well, maybe they should bring it back if it's such a famous name. In
0: 1969, Andy took the scoring system of the league and started a league for patrons of the bar. It became wildly popular going from one division to two and then two to four divisions. By 1974, there was even an all-women's league called the Queens. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. It's funny because it's ridiculous. Like, the name is just silly. The Queens.
1: I think it's also funny that there was, like, a woman's fantasy league during that time frame when there was so much, like, misogyny and all that like men are superior stuff I know I was actually
0: impressed by that that's really progressive like you gotta (laughs) make a cake while the
1: game's going on and then they're like peeking around the corner like trying to watch it on their you know huge 13 inch TV
0: yeah you kind of figure that like the women probably wanted their own league but you you would think that the men wouldn't allow it so they were like sitting in the corner of the bar like hey I'm gonna go ahead and draft Gil Sayers well, then, would you, would the guys you, are like, "Oh, the women over there drafting."
1: Would you say they wanted a league of their own?
0: But umtis. Uh, during draft nights, Mussolima served prime rib and had to hire extra help. Friday nights would pop off because everyone would meet to turn in their lineups. Um, at prime times, the bar would fill with over two hundred people playing fantasy football
1: man times they did a change
0: i mean you gotta think about that that's impressive it went from like eight teams which was 16 people because in the original league it was two owners per team so there was only 16 guys playing and within 10 years they had a bar that would fill up just to play it
1: oh 10 years happened wow i thought we were talking about like the next year and i was even more no impressed. no this
0: was 1974 because they kept it relatively the same until uh Mussolini bought that bar in the late 60s I think he bought it in 68 and he's the guy that's credited with like bringing it to everyone
1: well Mussolini did have to sew his head back on after the people in Italy played soccer with it
0: (laughs) and he also opened up a sports bar
1: yeah well I mean being a dictator is tough especially when you had died at one point
0: So it was safe to say that Oakland had kind of a fantasy football craze going at that time, like at least in the sports community. I mean, it was becoming a big deal. Wink, however, was not a fan of the growing popularity. Musalimus offered the game to everyone and a common sense rule change that I'm about to talk to, and eventually that's um, going to have some ramifications on the league. So let's go into that rule change. So, Mussolini noticed some issues with the simple scoring system that they had. I mean, I, don't, I can't imagine where you'd see issues where a field goal counts as much as a passing touchdown, but hey.
1: I, I feel like they would have realized these rules in the 10 years that they'd been doing this. But Yeah,
0: but, but um, Wink was very against changing anything.
1: I mean, when you make something that's brand new, you can't expect it to be right the first time.
0: Well, he did.
1: I mean, we changed laws for a reason. There's a reason amendments have been adjusted and added.
0: So, uh, here's where this change came in. In 1972, the Raiders' Pete Banizak scored eight rushing touchdowns on 563 yards. Green Bay's John Brockington ran for 1,100 yards and only scored f- first uh, four touchdowns. This is... Basically the first example of the touchdown vulture one guy's just running at the goal line and the others picking up yards all over the field um, Andy was bothered by this and uh, Thought that uh, Brockington should be getting more points because of his yardage totals. He decided to implement a scoring system uh, A new scoring change at Kings X. Players would get points for yardage and bonus points if touchdowns were scored from farther out.
1: Oh, that seems just a little too complicated.
0: He was excited with the changes that he made and invited Wink to try it out in his second division. Winkenbach declined and kicked him out of the league.
1: That's pretty funny, actually. Like, I don't like this. Not only do I reject this, I reject
0: you go away. That's what I'm saying. This dude was very was very hardcore about his rules his way and then this guy comes in with a much smarter system and is just like uh, nah I don't like that. You're out. I, he didn't even just say like no we're not going to do that. He was like I'm so mad at you for making these claims and these changes that you get the hell out of my league. I
1: award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul.
0: He was very conservative Musalima says. I give him credit for creating it, no question. But he was wrong about the rules, and by kicking me out, he did me a favor. I concentrated on the King's X draft. By 1973, we had people coming into the main dining room, seeing the leaderboards, and asking, "What is that?" So, um, I don't know if you could have guessed this or not, but scoring was sort of a pain in the ass for both leagues.
1: Well, so, oh, so here's my thing: my thing. so <laughs> you couldn't literally couldn't watch any game other than the game that was on in your area, right? Or, I mean, you had four channels at that point. So, I'm assuming you were reading a newspaper and hoping they were giving you stats on people you had. Like, I I can't imagine it being that easy to get a box score back then.
0: It's actually more complicated than that. Since Bay Area media outlets usually only reported on the local teams, which would have been the 49ers and the NFL and then the Raiders and the AFL, Uh, Andy had to call up newspapers and television stations in other other cities and beg for results. They often hung up on him thinking that he was just some bookie. Uh, Winkenbach ran into a similar issue where he was calling these other media outlets, and even though they knew who he was, they would get annoyed by him constantly calling them every week, and sometimes he'd even call them on Sundays for stat checks to the point where they just started ignoring his calls.
1: And that made me realize how hard it probably would have been to be a bookie back then even. Like I
0: yeah, mean, I guess I you can listen Question them. real quick. I guess I just you, need to know how many yards that have landed three 4 and they tell him and he goes, "Ha, Tommy lost a lot of money." <laughs> Sir, what'd you say? Oh, nothing. I yeah, curious.
1: The whole man, it makes you really take for granted how uh much easier it is to get information now.
0: Yeah, this was, I mean, when I say it was a pain in the ass, that's 100% true. Like, I can't imagine, like, if you get ignored by one of the newspapers or something, I'm not sure how he got around that to get information.
1: Probably just keep calling them, and then they didn't have caller ID, so what are they going to do? Just pretending
0: to be other people? Yeah,
1: you call them up like, hey, can I get the scores on this? And like, stop calling here, Wink. And he calls them, hello, I am trying to get score of game for the American (laughs) football (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, cool! You seem like a nice Russian guy."
0: Hello, I work for news media outlet in uh, Nebraska, and I need to know scores to put in my paper. Uh, sir, are you from Russia? No,
1: I was born and raised in the Cornhusker State. <laughs> Can't you tell by my accent? <laughs> Corn huskers. Corn huskers. <laughs> We like the West Coast offense. I don't know why I threw in the because I don't think that is Russian.
0: Yeah, we're all over the place.
1: Yeah, I think I went like French and some kind of Baltic
0: Baltic. German, French, Russian. Uh, The lack of information was so bad that in one instance, uh, one of the Kings X fantasy players drafted an NFL player named JV Kane.
1: HIV Kane?
0: (laughs) No, just JV Kane, junior varsity Kane. Oh,
1: okay. Is that opposed to, um, uh, I I don't know, I thought I had a joke and I didn't.
0: So the problem with drafting J.V. Kane is nobody knew this, but he had actually died at training camp that year. What? (laughs) Yeah, they drafted a dead guy. The lack of information was so bad, they drafted a guy that had died.
1: Wow. Um, Wow, they really, you messed that up.
0: Muslimus, uh gave the player a mini-coffin as a tongue-in-cheek gift at the end of the season.
1: Oh, my God. So, they... Wait, so this guy had a dead guy on his team? I feel like there should be something... Them knowing that they were relying on the information they way, the way they were... Should have been able to, like, be like, Hey, we have no way of knowing what actually happened. Like, I mean, you theoretically could have drafted a guy who either... Like you said, died or just not shut up the training camp or like because of something else happened or, you know, I don't know. There could have been other lots of various things died in a smelting accident. Well, know. that was
0: kind of I mean, it was kind of the gamble you had. Now, most of the time, it was like a simple injury or something. Usually the person wasn't dead, but it is what it is at that well, point. I'm
1: glad usually they weren't dead. What happens if the guy died and still managed to put up numbers? That would have been even more impressive. Weekend at, whatever that guy's name was.
0: Weekend at J.V. Canes.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, it's a good. Well, it's, it's a shame he never made varsity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mussalamas was a little leery of spreading the game too far and too fast. He was worried that a local vice squad would consider it a form of illegal gambling.
1: I mean, technically, he is gambling, especially if he was putting up as much money as he was, a hundred. I were they getting all these people in this bar to put up a hundred bucks on this?
0: No, I don't know how much they. Well, actually, I read, but I didn't put it in here. But I actually read they were doing a scoring system where, like, they not only did they get points, but they got like coin money for each touchdown stuff. Like, it was like fifty cents for a passing touchdown. Uh, or 50 cents for a rushing touchdown, 25 for a passing touchdown. So it was small time. It wasn't like they were betting a lot of money on this They stuff. made that
1: way more complicated than they needed to.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: I mean, like, seriously, if I was in it's a position the way. where I was having to, like, get telegrams and call up people and get hung up on multiple times, Not, not on top of that, like, how do you even find the numbers for these other Newspapers. <laughs>
0: None of this sounds fun. Can we just say that? I mean, like, like,
1: you need a full-time staff to track down all this stuff. Like, I'm, I'm exhausted. You just telling me that that uh, what they had to do to go through the process. Because I imagine it was even more complicated than you're explaining. You probably had, like, oh 10 yeah, guys, I, like, I, I simplified a phones. lot of this. Like, I imagine him just sitting on the phone all day. I mean, there's, I don't know how many, I don't know how many teams there was between the AFL and NFL. Also, was there a rule of how many players you had to have per league? or Yeah, it you
0: could only have eight NFL players total.
1: So it was an AFL league.
0: Yeah, it was mainly an AFL with some NFL players. Which, I mean, eight's a lot because that's almost half your team.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely more than... Uh, I just... I, that's, that's what I was trying to figure out. If, if it was meant as a you know, to deter you from getting NFL people, but it just sounds like they just wanted you to be able to get good people.
0: Yeah, they were just trying to make it to where you could have the best players in either league regardless. And there were good people in the AFL too, so it's not like the AFL was... The AFL was different from the USFL because the AFL had enough talent that they actually eventually merged with the NFL.
1: Oh, wait, when did this happen? Um, I'm messing with you, by the
0: way. Okay, good because I didn't have that written down. But like you know, all those teams are. They well, I don't. I NFL. don't know
1: exactly when it happened, but I am. I was aware that the AFL and NFL merged, especially the fact that you threw out several times that the Raiders were part of the AFL. I also I knew that beforehand. I'm glad that you. I'm glad you figured that part that is out. Literally, the only thing that I knew was that the AFL and the NFL merged, and that the Raiders were originally. Uh part of the uh, AFL and I'm assuming Al Davis was still the owner uh, yes um, because he lived to be a ripe old age of 530
0: yeah and Methuselah still owns the team <laughs> uh, the game spread regardless but mostly through word of mouth and not from uh, Andy Musalimus' mouth Like he was talking about patrons of the bar spread the game uh, King's X- of
1: Fantasy football. football. We don't talk about fantasy Fantasy football.
0: (laughs) But seriously, we do, and now it's spreading all across California. California way. HIV
1: HIV Kane.
0: It's J V Kane. J V, and he's dead. He's been dead for a while.
1: (laughs) Well, all these people have been dead since training camp. Man, I, I would even. I I just wish I could live a day at that time frame and know what training camp was like then. Because I'm sure these guys were just sitting like they probably wouldn't like. They probably like drank only beer whenever they got home from work or whatever. Had factory jobs or something, and then smoked five packs of cigarettes a day. And they were like, I'm "Oh, play man. football."
0: <laughs> you know, they were all sitting there smoking cigarettes yeah. at practice.
1: And they're like, oh, what are you going to go have for dinner? I'm going to go get me a piece of apple pie and some fried chicken. Like, eating terrible, like, living terrible, and, like, drinking hey, coach. and
0: smoking. And- hey, Coach, I'm having a hard time breathing. Well, smoke you another cigarette there, yeah. Tim. That'll help you out. That'll clear up your lungs real nice. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I Even though traumatic. I like how we're, like, making this sound like the 20s, but it was actually the 70s. <laughs>
1: But the thing was, is, like, cigarettes and that, like, lack of acknowledgement that they were bad for you lasted for forever.
0: Yeah, no, no, that was like a 90s problem. 80s, yeah. 90s problem. Damn uh, Kings X participants started their own leagues throughout Northern California. Some of the leagues that were created during this time still exist. Uh, Muslimists received phone calls from across the country asking for the league's rules. He always obliged fantasy became popular in San Francisco's financial district and slowly started moving South around this time. Muslim called his old friend Winkenbach to talk about the spread of the game. So even though he got kicked out of the league, they were still buddies kind of, this whole thing is
1: weird. I mean, and to be honest, it's kind of amazing how I'm not going to say generous, but like that, the guy wasn't a dick cuz he could have completely held on the proprietary proprietary stuff of it and been like no I'm not going to tell you the rules you got to make your own rules but the fact that he like was willing to share whether or not those groups like followed his rules exactly cuz if i had some guy telling me some of the rules that they had i probably would which i think at this point we don't they probably changed a bunch when he just did his own thing you know you'd be like oh well I think this would be better if I do this. So there's probably still a bunch of rules floating around. I mean, like there is now, but
0: yeah, I feel like there's probably a lot of house rules going on during this time period. I mean,
1: maybe you have some league where the setup where the quarterback, you know, that's very mediocre and only throws for a touchdown and two hundred yards gets fifty points, like some leagues that might have been a part of.
0: Oh, God, that's the gas leak year we don't talk about where quarterbacks are putting up like 110 points a game because of the faulty scoring system. I'm pretty sure that was you. Yeah, no, I'm the one that screwed it up. I'll take 100% of the credit for that. Basically, if you had Tom Brady or Drew Brees, you were going to win every game because they were putting up like 110-point stat lines.
1: And that was the year I didn't get Drew Brees, so I got hosed. And now I always get Drew Brees.
0: I think I did something really stupid, like set up those rules and then drafted a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill or one of those that doesn't score any points and then was like, why can't I win a game? I'm
1: pretty sure you didn't even know what you set up because I think at one point we all confronted you about it and then you seemed clueless.
0: Yeah, no, I well, basically I dug my, I dug my heels in and just said I'm not changing it, which was a bad choice at the time.
1: We had, and then we had like two tight ends and... Their point scoring was weird. Like it was just. It was Look, awkward. I'm an
0: individual defensive player guy, though. I like having an IDP, at least a couple of them.
1: Well, I mean, it, I don't care if you like DP. You, it makes you a little more knowledgeable This 2018, you can have
0: your own needs and wants. I well, I need and I want an IDP. I mean, if you like DP, that's up to you. I'll have some IDP. You know, P. <laughs> let me say my P's with authority.
1: Well, I mean, just because you like DP doesn't mean we all have to.
0: Anyway, when Andy called Wink, this is how the conversation went. He said, hey, Wink, I think this is going to spread. What do you think about copywriting it? Wink said, nah, I don't want to. Wow.
1: Well, how about me?
0: I'd like to copyright it because people keep calling my bar for the rules. Wink responded with, over my dead body.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm waiting for you to say in the next, like, two sentences that Wink died and then he did what I wanted to do anyway.
0: No, not exactly. As it spread across California, the Wink and Bach family um, still got together to attend Raiders home games. The family says now that they love football, but outside of a few obligatory, we should all be billionaire jokes, nobody gives fantasy much thought. For years they didn't even know what fantasy football was they just thought it was called go P P P L.
1: they're like hey mother how do you feel about this fantasy football oh what is that son? It's, oh what is that it, it's called it, it, go
0: P-P-P-P-P-P-Pole. it is
1: that silly league the father created in the garage
0: Papa papa <laughs> oh Papa what is why is fantasy you, everyone's what, playing
1: why didn't you copyright this foolhardy endeavor at the time yeah
0: i don't want to over i don't want to skip over that what a stupid idiot though he like everyone in the country is playing this now he could have been so rich with the proprietary rights of that, like you said earlier, and he blew it because he thought it was like this sacred thing that only the 16 people that started originally should be playing. Mm-hmm. That like is... Like, he hated the idea of uh, Mussolini spreading it. He hated it even more when somebody tried to change his rules, even though the game was progressing and becoming a different game from when those rules were first set in place. Like, he just made some really bonehead decisions. He sounds
1: like a baby boomer. Hmm. <laughs> But,
0: but seriously, like,
1: how could he not acknowledge how much it grew? And it's not like he could, he could refuse anybody from doing it. Like, he had nothing to it. It was something that they created on their own. And then Mussolini took it over, and he did whatever he wanted to it. And... Even he didn't do the selfish thing either. Like he
0: could have taken the proprietary rights because he he was the one spreading the information. He
1: could have, and there probably would have been no freaking proof that he stole it from him. It wouldn't have been like uh, Zuckerberg and the Winklevoss twins. Like there would have been nothing. Oh, I guess it would have been exactly like that. Yeah, no, it would be definitely (laughs) be like that. It would have been like that, and it's been funny that they were, you know, they were both Winks. But uh, people would have realized
0: were, it so late that he would still get to keep most of the money he paid. He w- made. He would have just had to pay out. Wink a little bit of money.
1: Yeah. Well, shoot. I mean, was, everything was on pen and paper back then. All you got to do is lose something. Yeah, you,
0: yeah, you can well. actually Google the, all of this and find the original draft sheet. Like it was all just pen and paper and handwritten, and it looked like scratch but paper. Like it here's just, the how here's it was.
1: the thing. Like we we're making jokes about them. Ca- like missing out on this cash cow, but I just don't think people thought like that back then. This is definitely like a modern mentality, and when I say modern mentality, I mean like in this internet um what what do you call it uh, startup age where you could literally come up with the stupid idea of taking pictures of food and being able to identify people's penises and you know that being an idea for something.
0: Yeah, we live in a world essentially now where if you have a dumb idea that you even think has the chance to make money, you basically copyright it before you even tell anybody about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. And it's just that mentality didn't exist. Like, I don't think people realized that there was money in that. They just thought, like, ideas were free and you just had to, like, come up with it on your... Like, if you wanted to be successful, you had to make it successful. You couldn't rely on
0: uh word of mouth to grow it
1: yeah i mean it's just the whole thing was it it seems backassers now but i'm sure at the time they were v- like for thinking in a way
0: yeah they were just thinking this is something we do as friends for fun this doesn't have to do with anybody else but us but it clearly did
1: i would i mean at least the one guy thought i mean mussolini thought he'd make a lot of he could make some money off of it
0: but at the end of the day he didn't want to hurt his buddy winks feeling.
1: Shoot, if I was Mussolini, I would I would just be ruthless with it. I mean he did rule just Italy. A with ruthless takeover. Fist. Yeah. Just you know, just dictate it.
0: Uh we've all tried it once or twice, but no one is a big player, John grandson of Winks says. Still, he can't help but marvel at what his grandfather's invention has become. Every office I've ever worked in has had one or two leagues, he says I kind of laugh whenever I hear stories from people talking about their fantasy drafts. It's like, if you only knew.
1: (laughs) Well, he should... I'm sure he tells them.
0: (laughs) But the thing is, the other thing that I, I didn't really mention here at the end, but the guys that we talked about at the first, the baseball players from the rotisserie restaurant... They've made a ton of money off of claiming that they were the kings of fantasy football. They're like in a sports fantasy hall of fame, like that sports writers put them into. They've been on Bill Simmons' show, like I said earlier. Like, those dudes became celebrities because of this, and Wink sat here and did it well before them and didn't make a dime.
1: I mean, and be honest, though, like, that's an honest, like, football guy. um, Like,. I don't, like, would it have grown as much as it did had those guys, you know, been dicks about it and put copyright on everything?
0: I I don't know, because it was, like, it did kind of become, like, a revolution in sports with the way that people would call up that bar and just get the rules and stuff. I mean, you're probably right. Had he copyrighted it, it wouldn't become what it is today.
1: I mean, you have a couple of tools running around saying that, you know, they're the creators and, you know, they're... But I mean, and to be honest, like it, Mussolini hadn't have been a nice guy, you know.
0: Yeah, it probably would have lived and died in Oakland. I'm sure somebody would have come up with it at some point, especially since fantasy baseball was becoming popular in the '80s. But it it wouldn't have spread like it did through California. But
1: here's the thing, though: like, had they did had they copyrighted, would they even be able to keep track of it? I mean, seriously, like, everybody's doing it on pen and paper out of bars and stuff. It's not like you can just track something down off emails and the web page and stuff. Like, you don't know what anybody's doing. I mean, you could have, you know, people in West Virginia making their bathtub gin and, you know, playing fantasy foosball.
0: That's true. It's really hard to say. It just seems like, looking back on it now, the smart move would have been to try to monetize it at some point.
1: Yeah, but I mean, again, I think we're thinking in modern time mentality, you know, and not in back then, you know, stupid elder millennial thought process.
0: So no one from the Bay Area that played in the, and I just want to say it one more time because it's fun to say, but the Greater Oakland Pigskin Prognosticators League uh in those early years could have known what it would become
1: Ooh, they in were the, the uh, gop you know they were the second gop
0: the second goppl g you know uh,
1: gopp you know me P. L.
0: in the 90s magazines like pro football weekly and fantasy digest began to pop up and give players an advantage in their leagues FX released a show called The League that was all about fantasy football and showed just how out-of-hand side bets and trash talk could get. Uh, The GOPPL did a little of that, but recently things have gotten way more out of hand. Matthew Barry even released a book of some of the wildest fantasy stories he's heard in 2013. The book was called Fantasy Life.
1: By the way, I really do enjoy the the end-of-the-season like slash beginning of fantasy season when just the internet just becomes where a lot of people post pictures of people who lost bets and you have like large overweight men wearing tutus on the side of the road with signs saying I lost my fantasy league or just stupid stuff like that and it makes you realize how much a part of culture that is to where that's acceptable <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it became a cultural phenomenon. Would you like to hear some of the stories from Matthew Barry's book to round out the show?
1: Uh, I mean, not really. I think Matthew Barry is a joke and he makes terrible picks and somehow still has a job. But, you know, I wish I could be as terrible at my job as he is and be as successful successful as he is.
0: But trust me, what's not terrible is these stories that I'm going to read to you, even though you said you didn't want them. Your well, I
1: I was just joking, but like he's essentially a a a, ter- a weatherman, and a very like a very terrible weatherman. Essentially, no, he's
0: wrong a lot. Like that's one thing I've noticed about him on ESPN. Every once in a while, he'll say something, and I'll think that it makes sense, and then I do it. Like starting Case Keenum this week because Oakland's defense. I mean, not Oakland's Kansas City's defense had allowed like three passing touchdowns a game. Uh, I decided to go with case Keenum against my gut and that didn't work out. So it's stuff like that. That just reminds me that not only him, but no one really knows what they're the, talking about the, when they give fantasy advice. You never know what's going to happen. Just
1: side tangent on that. I have started people because they were playing Kansas city's not great defense. And then people like went out or like, you know, a quarterback went out and then it's like, nobody did anything the whole game I think Kansas City has some kind of weird luck charm around them. Andy Reid definitely sold his soul to the devil to no, get Kermit Showtime, the Frog. It's
0: Showtime Mahomes. Why were they pushing that nickname so hard the other night? It's a terrible nickname. Wait, was
1: it that or was it Magic Mahomes or Mahomes Magic?
0: Well, they said they said Magic Mahomes, but the name they were really pushing was Showtime Mahomes.
1: That's, I, that's a really... Every nickname they came up from, they should just call him, like...
0: Kermit I still like Mahomey.
1: Yeah, Mahomey's good, or, like, Kermit the Thrower, I don't know. That's also terrible.
0: Kermit the Throw Frog.
1: <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, like... They're trying really too hard with the nicknames. Especially adding magic to people's names, it doesn't fit. If the only person that's been successful this season that the magic would have fit into the name was Fitzpatrick
0: Fitzmagic, magic, man. That yeah, one and, and
1: it's, and Fitzmagic is a continuing thing because he's done this done thing. Like three Fitz or magic times. to
0: Fitztragic.
1: tragic. Oh, that's see, that's a good one right there. That's some horn magic right there.
0: All right. So let's hop into some of these stories. I want to give you a couple of these to round out the show. So the first one's called the cheater. Travis had done it the right way. As the commissioner of a work league in 2010, he finished first in the regular season. And then in the first round of the playoffs, he squeaked out a victory winning by two points. Or did he? Late on Monday, the NFL ruled that in his Week 15 game against the Jets, Steelers running back Richard Mendenhall had rushed for 99 yards instead of the 100 he was originally credited with. As a result of the stat change a day later, Travis actually lost his playoff game by two points. He felt the way you, and I, you or I would. I was inre- incredibly upset and felt cheated. Of course, the way Travis reacted is probably different than most of us would. I went in that night before I thought anyone noticed and changed the totals. However, because commissioner changes are listed, some guy noticed.
1: Oh, what They confronted me.
0: They confronted me and I admitted what I had done and changed it back. They then told everyone at the office about my cheating. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that's pretty bad. But guess what? That's not the worst part. Oh, no. Tell them what the worst part is, Travis. I am a pastor. Oh, no. At the time, a staff pastor at a big church in Oklahoma, as is the rest of the league. That's right. Travis cheated in a league full of pastors. We were in our weekly pastoral staff meeting, and we all started yelling at each other. Not really angry, just being aggressive and challenging each other's code of ethics. Our boss, the senior pastor, did not play in the league. He just sat there staring at us with this look like, I can't believe I hired these idiots to help me at the church.
1: Uh That's why I don't trust Baptists. Okay. But seriously, I... But seriously, I... <sighs> Really, how can you say you're a man of God if you're willing to cheat in a fake thing?
0: Because God doesn't play a part in fantasy football. It's all... It's no holds barred, cutthroat. Plus, I kind of understand I'd be mad too, but I I wouldn't have the energy to go in there to change the rules, so I won.
1: I mean, that's the thing. So, he, like, changed the rules and then admitted to it, which is, you know, ballsy in its own way, but he... The, f- the fact that it was also in a church league where well, you know everybody's going to be judging you because those are the most judgmental people there is. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, yeah, even though, you know, churchmen seem to have the highest rate of pedophilia out there. But,
0: but. Oh, that's Catholics. All right, next story. I'm still
1: churchmen. Uh,
0: the next story says, like many leagues, Isaac Robertson's hopeful Chiefs fan league awards a trophy to the last place finisher. Unlike many leagues, this last place trophy nearly caused an international incident.
1: Ooh, is it a Mohammed?
0: Oh no. They call I mean, it the.
1: Mohammed Sanu.
0: Yeah. It's the Sanu, Sanu award. I was going to make a joke, but it didn't come out.
1: Muhammad, Muhammad Sanu you later. later.
0: There you go. That's what I was trying to do. They call it the you suck balls award. <laughs> <And> it's
1: basically. <laughs> They were not trying to, like, you know, pussyfoot around that one
0: at all. all. No, they just went for it. It was basically an athletic cup on a block of wood, spray-painted gold. The winner that year was a guy named Royce, who was working and couldn't pick up the trophy in person. So on August 18th, the trophy was delivered to Royce's porch. Oh no! And that's where the trouble begins. You see, the job that caused Royce to miss the trophy presentations, it was working for a congressman. A controversial oh, no. one. Oh, one no. who had been getting death threats. Oh, no. So when Royce comes home to find a ratty cardboard box sealed with duct tape and a scrawled note saying special delivery for Royce, what does he do?
1: Oh, he, he, he opens it and he, graciously accepts his trophy. Of the oh, man, I bet he wishes cup. he
0: did that. He calls the
1: police, and then they bring a bomb squad out, and then they yell at him because of a fake trophy in a box.
0: The D.A., ATF, bomb squad, and FBI agents were all dispatched to his house. The neighborhood was evacuated. Local oh. TV reporters came to cover the story. The bomb squad robot was brought in, remotely scanned the box, and saw the wor- words, you suck balls, staring back at it. Isaac then spent many hours being interrogated by the FBI, explaining that, no, he does not mean any threat to the congressman, congressman, and that Royce does, in fact, suck balls at fantasy football.
1: <laughs> I, I imagine, like, them just having an, a nonchalant conversation while he's being interrogated once they realize what actually happened, because those guys are smart enough to where they realize, like, these guys are just morons and them just laughing about it and then having to, like, go out there and act like a dick whenever they do like a press conference or something. Yeah, you know, they just want
0: to make them sweat it out.
1: Imagine how... I can't even imagine how it would feel because that is the unluckiest circumstances because if you and I were to do that it would just be like, oh, what's this, you know, ratty box out here and we would open it and be like, oh, I guess we do suck balls. Um, (laughs) Oh, no, anthrax. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean you know i eat anthrax for breakfast
0: don't we all <laughs> this last this is the last story i wanted to read to you but um is yeah, there other ones just...
1: you don't want to read to me
0: no there were a couple more but this one this one's the perfect note to end on there was once a 10 team league with a husband and wife who were managing their own teams very normal the the husband owned buffalo bills running back fred jackson who was having a breakout season The wife had Eagles running back LaShawn McCoy, who was in the middle of a monster year. On the Sunday of Week 11 in the 2011 season, however, Fred Jackson broke a bone in his leg and was lost for the season.
1: Like, they couldn't find him? Like, he was on (laughs) an island? He he pulled Avante
0: Davis and just left out of the locker room to never return. (laughs) This is where the normal ends. Two days later, on Tuesday that week, tragedy struck. The wife suddenly and tragically passed away.
1: Heartbreaking,
0: right? Shit. Just devastating.
1: Yeah, that is really sad. No, that's that's really messed up and I have a feeling I'm not gonna feel bad for this guy for some reason. But that's really No, you'll
0: still feel bad for him, but it's gonna take a weird turn here.
1: I I think I know the turn.
0: On Friday that very same week, just three days after the wife wife passed away, a new transaction pops up on the league message board. The husband trades out-for-the-year Fred Jackson to the wife for LaShawn McCoy.
1: Uh, I, I, knew, I knew this was going to happen, and I don't even know how I would react in that situation.
0: So here's how they reacted. Clearly, the husband was controlling both teams. It's weird, but the guy just suffered a tragic and horrific loss. People grieve in different ways, so the, the league decides just to look the other way. The whole league, that is, except for one guy. This guy starts blasting the husband all over the message board, emailing him privately, calling him names and yelling about the trade.
1: The guy I don't know care if she's dead died?
0: I don't care if she's dead it's just bullshit Finally the husband responds with, "Hey, it was her dying wish) <laughs> and that's how you stop that because oh, what do you say to that
1: I, you know what would be even better which i'm pretty sure he just did it on his own is if it was like written at her will
0: yeah he just like pencil writes it at the bottom of the wheel like if something happens to me trade Lashawn mccoy for fred jackson it's my dying wish
1: that's that's really amazing and uh, I'm i'm glad you told that one but that's that that like makes me feel so conflicted because I feel like the guy knew what he was doing and was trying to get away with something but the well fact because that who's going to question involved, that like yeah. no
0: one's going to question that and then you have the one douchebag that's just like wait a second I mean like I don't know if I'd
1: question it unless the guy won the league but at that point I think I would just let him win like it seems like they were obviously very close and in a very loving relationship to both be in the same fantasy league together
0: yeah, like just let the man win. If he wins the league, just don't bring it up. Like just count that year as an L and wait till next year.
1: Put it, put an asterisk next to that one. So or a dagger. It,
0: or a in uh, in conclusion, we went from fantasy football starting in Wink's rumpus room to um, a guy that traded with his dead wife so he could get an advantage in fantasy football. That's where we've gone from '60s to now.
1: So, can I ask you a, a personal question? Sure. If you would happen to be in the league with your wife and she passed away, would you, like, rip off her top player?
0: I mean, we all yeah. grieve in different ways. So, that's a yes. <laughs> Probably not, know. because fantasy football would be the last thing in my mind at that point. But um, if you're already in a dark place and already feeling that down and that depressed, like you're going to want to take advantage of the Shoot. advantages you can get.
1: You'd probably be sitting there with a bottle of arsenic like adjusting your lineup <laughs> 20 minutes <a> later.
0: <laughs> I need Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. So anyway, that's, uh, that's our story for today. Did you, uh, are, were you ever curious where fantasy football came from?
1: You know, it's one of those weird things to where I'd heard of people doing it before the internet and before that. And I mean, obviously, I'm not that old, and I really didn't get into football until, you know, I was later in my life anyway. And when I say later in my life, like, high school age. So, by that point, the internet was, you know, down to DSL everywhere, and we'd gotten off the the AOL track, so... I you know and I really was and even though I said I was into it that just meant I watched it I was I didn't I like I said I honestly didn't play football or fantasy football until four years later so I think I had a little bit different experiences with it but um, it's a neat story because you always kind of wonder how things like this get started and how they branch out and you know if it's just somehow something that everybody comes up with up with the same time or if it's like a legit phenomenon of you know, an idea passing through a bunch of people. Because realistically, all these bars could call him. He gives them the information. People go to the bar. They realize, I really like this. So they set their own leagues. And then it just, you know, it it, it just grows from there. Because, yeah, I mean, I- hell, hell, if we lived somewhere during that time frame and found about this at a bar, we would have got our group of friends together and made our own league mm-hmm. outside of mm-hmm. the bar and done mm-hmm. our own thing.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things that I just took for granted as existing with never really wondering how it actually came to be.
1: It's I mean, just
0: always been a part of my life for most of my life, so I just kind of assumed it's just there without ever thinking about the history of it.
1: And also, I mean, it also makes you realize how different it is. Now, back back then, you literally could have had people doing the most ridiculous, super ludicrous nitpicky rules, which... Like having field
0: goals count the same as passing touchdowns. Yeah,
1: which I feel like all of that is just way too complicated when you're literally having to, like, stalk newspapers to get information. But, like, I mean, even the leagues we've been in, we've gone from having quarterbacks being high-scoring, having kickers, having two defensive players, to now the one we're in has, you know, you're going to have up to three running backs or two tight ends or three receivers, like... You know, we have no defensive people and all these offensive weapons now. So it's so customizable. It just makes you realize that even though the idea came from a certain place, that it doesn't really belong to anybody because you can do whatever the hell you want. And like, the funny thing with your is... your dead wife.
0: While well, <laughs> well, I was researching this, a lot of the guys in the league think that Winkenbach got some of his ideas from somewhere else. So it probably existed before the 60s. But this was the first, like league that had a charter and set its own rules and it's where this game actually spread from so that's why it's kind of credited with the beginning of all of this
1: yeah i mean i wonder how many people truly invented stuff that they get credit for inventing it we'll just depends know. on who tells the good story and maybe who if has you the, most people the
0: proprietary left. rights to something you'll be credited with inventing it more often
1: that is true. I mean, he's still getting credit. We're talking about the dude now. so true. Even though he didn't, you know, do the proprietary rights. So,
0: anyway, that's our show for this week. Uh, if you want to hear, if there's something you're interested in and want me to look up, search us at, or uh, send us an email at atfootpod at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week with another uh, sports moment in history. Say goodbye, Maher. Uh, Bye. Okay, bye. See y'all later.